0: What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Not Gonna Lie. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry, and a bit of unfortunate circumstances uh, at this time of the podcast, I've been going through sort of losing streak that I've never been a part of in my entire life. Like, this is something, like, not not uh, losing I'm aware of, like, losing I've, I've done plenty of times, but currently, let me just, let me just fill you guys in on what's going on in my life involving sports like this is just just involving sports we can start with my uh picks my week 15 uh bets against the spread I went one I got one I was one for five one for five that not good not ideal Uh, but the losing doesn't stop there Uh, I was in this the fantasy football semifinals for three different teams in three different leagues lost all three uh and then finally the one that, that hurts the most uh, as an early birthday present my dad took me to new orleans to watch the saints and colts game uh and obviously for those of you who listen to the podcast and and know me know that i'm a big uh diehard colts fan and and this is our game like we i laid out i tweeted out uh, about five hours earlier a way that we win the AFC South, a way that was, I believe, entirely possible. Uh, and then we just went out there and played the worst game that I've seen in about two years out of the Colts. I mean, defensively, every receiver had about two, three yards of space. Uh, and Drew Brees took advantage of that to the fullest. Obviously got to see some history, um, but not not ideal history. That that you would like. I mean, the the Saints celebrated the 10th anniversary of their Super Bowl over the Colts that night. Uh, they, I mean, and they showed Tracy Porter's pick six uh, to seal the game in 2009, probably five times over over the course of the game, which you know brought back some memories there. So just all around um, not ideal. Tomorrow I'm going to the Celtics Mavericks game, and if they lose that one, you guys, I'm some of you, if you listen to this after Wednesday night. Uh, know that I'm in a really tough place because that'll this will have been probably the the worst week of my of my life from a sports from a sports side of things. But anyways, enough enough about me complaining. Uh, we've got a lot to cover, a lot of NFL games, so we're just gonna run right through those, and then maybe we'll take a peek at the NBA standings and talk about that a little bit. Just some things that as we're approaching. Are we close to halfway point? Maybe three-eighths of the way through the season. Something like that. Um, But we'll talk some NBA too. First things first, Thursday night game. Uh, Lamar Jackson is the MVP. I mean, come on. We can't. There's no point in debating it. Broke Michael Vick's rushing record for a season. Threw five touchdowns Uh, again. He's just lighting it up. I mean, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's had opportunities uh, to, to bring it back. But by had opportunities, I mean he had an opportunity to throw... 450 yards and five touchdowns which is really hard for for anybody to do but the ravens continue to win lamar jackson continues to be the best player offensively um in the league at this point i don't think there's really anyone better uh and him and matted next year even this year if they bring out the update it's just going to be insane like the the more uh the more throws he makes the more he runs the more they're going to bump up his stats i mean look Teams are going to be able to adjust and figure out a way to stop him from running. Uh, that that's a guarantee. There's nothing in the NFL that is completely foolproof. I mean, it, it's, look at everyone in history. Any guy that we've considered uh, to be elite, like he's, there's been some way that teams have found to shut him down. Uh, so they are going to figure out a way to stop him being able to run. Uh, and when that happens, we're really going to see his arm strength. His arm, well, the, his arm is really going to be put to the test. Is it really all that? that uh, it's it's laid up to be but the Jets they had us there for a second they had a couple big wins and a couple big games that we thought maybe they they could do it you know what Sam Darnold say they were four and seven and he thought they could run the table uh, not quite close but not quite uh, not not much to say in this game it'll be interesting to see if the Ravens make it to the Super Bowl at this point because I mean they have to be the heavy I mean they're probably the heavy, heavy betting favorites to go to the Super Bowl. But it seems like they'll have the number one seed locked up, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Uh, Every team in the AFC has looked shaky over the last few weeks except for the Ravens. Uh, And I heard on uh, some other podcasts here talking about that maybe the Ravens are peaking too early, uh, which is, I mean, it's a valid point, but at the same time, if they can continue this role and teams still haven't been able to figure out a way to stop them. So if everything goes according to plan, They'll at least make it to the Super Bowl. Who they face, I'm not sure, but you gotta, you have to really like if you're a Ravens fan, uh, where where your team is at at this point in the year because they don't have an answer for Lamar Jackson. Well, let's keep it moving here. Spygate two uh, proved, you know that there's there's a lot of, of questions there that still haven't been answered. A Patriots videographer was videoing an advanced scout for a do your do your job an internet segment that the Patriots regularly run, on their website. Uh, but he was found videoing the field, not only the field, but the Bengals' sideline, which is interesting because, well, I mean, well, first off, my first initial reaction is, why why are they, like, it's the Bengals. They don't need to cheat to beat the Bengals. But Belichick's proven to be, you know, three, four, five steps ahead of what everyone's thinking he's going to do. I heard a theory that he's looking for substitution signals uh, since Zach Taylor, the head coach for the Bengals, does come from Sean McVay's coaching tree to, to maybe gain an advantage over Sean McVay. But even the Rams, I mean, they look like they're regressing. So I don't know. I'm sure he's got some plan because at first they said he was an independent contractor, the videographer, but then it founds out find, come to find out he's a full-time staff member for the Patriots. So not a good look. It'll be interesting to see what happens as this envelops over the next few weeks, but Joe Mixon, who I had on, on the bench in two of my leagues, one of them I wouldn't have started him uh, because I was good at running backs, but the second one I should have. I picked Patrick Laird, the Dolphins running back, over Mixon because I figured it's the Patriots' defense. Uh, Joe Mixon, 136 yards, uh, and, and Andy Dalton luckily kept the Bengals uh, on the losing end of things, throwing four interceptions, two of which were from Stephon Gilmore. Uh, Tom Brady did not look good. About 50% completion percentage for 130 yards and two touchdowns, uh, but they still won by 21, 34-13. They're 11 and three. They basically have that two seed all locked up, barring two losses to the Bills and the the Bills and in the Dolphins, which probably isn't likely. But no, actually, no. The Chiefs are 10 and five, so they could 10 and four. Yeah, so a loss to the Bills could open things up, but Patriots control their destiny for the two seed, uh, which means in the event that they do win the divisional round, they're going to have to go on the road to play the Ravens for in, the, in their in their rematch. So we'll see what happens there. The Buccaneers, Jameis Winston, first quarterback in NFL history to throw 450 yards in two straight games, lighting up the, the Detroit Lions, uh, 458 yards, four touchdowns and a pick. Had a pick on the first drive, and then other than that looked pretty good. Uh, Chris Godwin, five catches, 121 yards, but he might be hurt. Uh, And the the waiver-wire pickup of the week, besides Kenyon Drake, and we'll get to him in a bit, but had to be Brashad Perryman. Five catches, 113 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, The Lions, on the other hand, not looking good. David Blau, not the answer, unfortunately. Matthew Stafford, I think they announced today he would head to IR. So for the Lions, the one thing you have to consider, um, do you take a quarterback? Is it time to maybe move on from Matthew Stafford just because, I mean, you don't know how serious this injury is going to be, and you can't be putting David Blau out there. Like, he's not the answer, uh, long-term, short-term, at any time. Um, So you really need to figure out, you know, do you you take a first-round pick in the draft and get a guy like that? Because they need offensive weapons. I mean, obviously, if everyone's fully healthy, this is a completely different season. But Matthew Stafford's getting older and older, and... It won't be long before they will need a quarterback, and so it's better to be proactive, uh, and and as opposed to waiting around and allowing you know guys off the street to come in and start a quarterback for you Well, Matthew Stafford's hurt. Uh, Bears Packers. This one was a heartbreaker. I was watching the end of this game. The Bears were one lateral away from walking into the end zone, which would have been an absolutely crazy ending to the game. I I, I know that there's a lot of questions surrounding the Patriots at 11 and three, but I feel like we need to start talking about the Packers at 11 and three Um, over the last few weeks, a lot of questions. I mean, they're playing teams close. They got blown out by the chargers blown out by the 49ers beat the Redskins by five almost went to overtime with the bears barring that touchdown and two point conversion. Uh, And I don't know. I just, they're not looking the sharpest. Uh, defensively we thought they were good at the beginning of the season turns out the Bears offense is just bad uh, and the last few weeks I mean you're playing against potential playoff teams and you're getting beat uh, and you're keeping it close with teams that won't even get into the playoffs I mean this is this isn't a good look at all for them um and you know ideally they're gonna lock up that two seed but they could slip to three and all of a sudden you have uh you're probably playing the Vikings at that point. And The Vikings can get hot at any time. I mean, they blew out the they blew out the the Chargers. We'll get to that game in just a little bit. But the Packers, I, there's legitimate room for concern. Uh, I know they're eleven and three, but I mean, you you got to think these are some close games. Maybe they're getting them out of their system, you know, so then they'll be ready to blow teams out. But Aaron Rodgers hasn't looked good at all this uh, these last few weeks. I mean, looking at stats on the season, twenty four touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, that's ideal. That's that's really good. That's what you want. Last five games hasn't thrown over 250 yards. And but you take away the, the Giants game where he threw for four touchdowns in 243. He's got three touchdowns in four out of his last five games. And like I said, throwing under 250 yards, throwing under 200 yards in two of those games, one of which was to the Redskins. Uh, so concern there for the Packers? I mean, it could all be nothing. It could just be them getting it out of their system And in a few weeks, when the playoffs come around, they'll be ready to go. But they're playing a lot of teams and a lot of games awfully close, uh, too close to be 11-3. and I mean, you could say the same about the Patriots. I'd say, but the Patriots have done it before. So that's that's the only thing there uh, that, you know, they've got a track record of being able to come from behind. The Packers, unfortunately, don't, especially with a new head coach. Uh, So keep it moving here. The Texans took one over the Titans in what would be a key pivotal game for the division. I mean, they'll play one more time week 17. Um, Neither team looked great. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, about 60% 60 completion percentage, 279 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, And Deshaun Watson, 19-27 for 243 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks. Uh, The Texans did a really good job of stifling Derrick Henry. And I mean, I say stifling... He got eighty six yards, but compared to what he's got in the last few weeks, I mean, over hundred the last four weeks before that, not a bad, not bad, and I mean, really, really good. No rushing touchdowns either for him. Uh, so the Texans won it in Tennessee. So they'll play again Week Seventeen. Uh, I don't, I don't know this the the wild card race these last few weeks. Are are going to be pretty intense. It's going to be a tight three-way race between the Texans, the Titans, and the Steelers. I mean, there's there's a way that both teams from the AFC South get in, uh, and the and the the Steelers are on the outside looking in. But we'll see what happens. Uh, I still I still like the Titans as a nine and seventeen. I mean, they've been nine and seven the last three years, and their last two games were against the Texans and the Saints. They're going to drop one. Definitely, they're going to drop one. So 9-7 for three straight years, but it could be enough to make the playoffs. Uh, we don't know. We'll have to see what happens. But interesting thing to watch out for there. Uh, the Titans could potentially be playing in their second straight play-in game for uh, the AFC, or, well, basically for the playoffs. They lost last year to the Colts. Maybe they'll turn around with the Texans this year. Next game, the Chiefs beat the Broncos 23-3 to in what was uh, a blowout in a, in a snowy day. Drew Locke looked a lot more pedestrian than he did last week. 18 of 40, 208 yards and a pick. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 27, 34, 340 yards, two touchdowns. He also had an interception. But Travis Kelsey, 11 catches, 142 yards, looked really good. Uh the Chiefs are are doing their best to, you know, figure things out as they go into the playoffs here. Like I said, they're they're making a case for the second seed if the if the Patriots somehow slip up against the, the Bills. It's gonna be wide open for him there to take it, having having that first round buy really could be the difference for a lot of teams. I mean, any team that you can get a bye in the playoffs, you're you're gonna want to take. Um, and if the Patriots are playing opening weekend, uh, especially against, I mean, you know, they'll play against like the Steelers or or the Titans, which they should be able to should be able to win. But then all of a sudden you're going on the road to play the Chiefs in the divisional round that's and then let's say you win that one hypothetically then most likely you're going to baltimore to play the ravens that's i mean three tough games but only one of them you get at home so this game i mean this bill's patriots game that's coming up this saturday is going to be big for not only the afc east but essentially the entire playoffs uh, because you know you don't no one wants to play the patriots i don't think that's it's something that any team looks for. Um, they always hope someone else can take care of them. So maybe we'll see that. And, you know, if they're playing wildcard weekend, have them play Ford on the road to the Super Bowl instead of three. Who knows? Uh, the Giants beat the Dolphins 36-20. Eli is now 117 and 117 in his career in what will likely be his final start. Uh, the Dolphins get the tiebreak over the Giants uh, losing, luckily. So good for them moving up that draft order as much as they possibly can. Uh, Eli looked good at points, and he looked like Eli at points. 20-28, 283 yards, two touchdowns, and three picks. Fitzpatrick looks as good as ever, 23-41, 279 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, Patrick Laird, the guy I mentioned before, I started over Joe Mixon, 12 carries for 46 yards, and Saquon finally had a good game. Uh, Unfortunately, it wasn't enough to help me in my fantasy football playoffs, but for the last five weeks, not over, hadn't gone over a hundred yards. Uh, I don't think he had a touchdown in maybe one or two of those games, but 112 yards on 24 carries and two touchdowns, really good. Uh, so glad he was able to get back on track. This game doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things, but I mean, the only real question I have out of this is, do you let Eli keep playing? Uh, give Daniel Jones the rest of the season off, and the Giants end the year against the Redskins and the Eagles. And it's very likely that Eli goes one and one in those games, and is 118 and 118 in his career. Now I said a couple weeks ago, if you remember, if Eli ends uh, his career with a losing record, there's no way he makes the Hall of Fame, and I'm staying true to that. I I I really do believe that. But if he's if he goes in with a a 500 record, that's I mean that's a totally different story. Uh, you know I feel like because of those two Super Bowls, he will. That'll give him the edge that'll give him two more wins. So it'll basically bump up his average above 500. So I think, even, yeah, even if he's one game below 500, I think those two wins in the Super Bowl should count, uh, you know, and should bump up his his uh, regular season total. So either way, unless he loses uh, both the Super Bowl games or both both of these next two regular season games, I mean, he's a winner. So there you go. That's That's a little bit of a loophole there so I get out of it no matter what. Uh, next game Eagles Redskins one of the bad beats of the week uh if you had the Redskins plus five they were trailing by four with uh no let's see no yeah plus five yes they were trailing by four with five seconds left and instead of throwing a uh Hail Mary Dwayne haskins just fumbled the ball uh, and allowed the Eagles to recover and score and make it a two score game so it really was close I mean I was watching into this game here. The Redskins had two really good defensive stops. Uh, one of them one of them was a fumble that they recovered from Carson Wentz and got the ball in like the 35. And both of those drives where the, the defense held, they could only get field goals. And so then the, the uh, Eagles drove down the field. Uh, Carson Wentz threw a game-winning pass to Greg Ward, which, fantastic story, uh, quarterback out of college, went undrafted, converted to wide receiver, and is now... Uh, Essentially, the number one target for Carson Wentz and a team that's desperate to make the playoffs at this point. So terrible beat there. Dwayne Haskins had a really good game, nineteen to twenty-eight, two hundred sixty-one yards and two touchdowns. A lot of room for growth there. Urban Meyer was in the stands, uh, and I've heard through Twitter from from different reporters that he's just there to consult on the head coaching search. He's not actually a candidate, which uh, is a move I like. I don't know if Urban Meyer really is. Um, set out or meant for the the NFL the NFL world I think he's best suited in college if he decides to go back into coaching I mean if not he can just consult all these teams on on um on their on their search but it is an intriguing idea because Dwayne Haskins obviously played at Ohio State under Urban Meyer also Terry McLaurin same same situation there so those are two guys that have uh that are familiar with him but I just don't think his philosophy uh, will will really work out in the long run for for these guys. Uh, but, yeah, we'll keep it moving. Seahawks-Panthers, this game was a blowout. The Panthers made it close at the end, scoring two late touchdowns to pull it within a score. I think they actually had the ball with a chance to, let me look and see. Let me look at this game log. No, they didn't. Okay, so they scored the touchdown, uh, and then the Seahawks ran out the last three minutes and 14 seconds. So they never had a chance to actually go down and tie it. Uh, and Kyle Allen is benched. It was announced that Will Greer, you may recognize that name, a brother of famous Vine star Nash Greer, uh, will start for the Panthers as, when they play the Colts in week 16. Uh, and judging based off our track record, he's going to throw about 400 yards, um, three touchdowns, and break a couple records uh, when they play us, you know, just based off of how the last few weeks have gone. So good for him. Congratulations in advance, Will Greer. You know, you may have done enough in the Colts game to prove yourself to be the starter for next year. So you're welcome. uh, In I mean, if you're listening to this after Sunday's game, then you know you're either wondering why uh, I'm congratulating him for something he wasn't even close to doing, which hopeful, or I'm a genius. Either way, Um, I mean, we can get into the Colts problems at the Colts game when we talk about it later on. But let's finish it out here. Russell Wilson, 20. 20 of 26, 286 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, A good stat line. Like I said, Lamar Jackson over these last few weeks has really turned on the Jets. uh, and I mean literally and figuratively and is in in first place by a lot in the MVP race. Um, So Russell Wilson has been having a good season, but he hasn't had that same level of production to match what Lamar Jackson's done on the ground and in the air. Chris Carson, really good game. 24 carries, 133 yards and two touchdowns. McCaffrey tailed off the last few weeks, had 87 yards rushing in this game with two touchdowns, uh, and Seahawks are 11-3, and three, and now are the three seed, I believe, in the playoffs at this point. No, oh, no, I'm sorry, they're the one seed. Yeah, that's right, okay. Uh, the The tiebreaker was really confusing me because the Saints did beat the Seahawks, so I would have assumed that put them in front, but because the Packers are also 11-3, and three, they have to go to conference, conference games in which the Seahawks have the um, better conference record than the Saints, and they're tied with the Packers, but they have a better win percentage in common games. So this division, because the 49ers are 11-3, and we'll get to that game in a bit, but they're 11-3 and as well, which really could set up for the NFC West being decided on Week 17. Uh, doesn't get any better than that. We could have two Week 17 games played between two teams that decide the division. Uh, and whenever that happens, it's always a good look for NFL scheduling, You know, they did it right. Obviously, they can't predict everything. But if you can get one of those games, it's a good week, right? But being able to get two, uh, fantastic. And that NFC, the way that that shapes out could affect a lot of the NFC playoff picture, not only for the 49ers and the Seahawks, but for the rest of the teams in the NFC. All right, let's keep it moving. Jaguars-Raiders. Jaguars beat the Raiders in the last game in Oakland Coliseum. Uh, The sad ending there, you would have liked to see them go out on a win. But, I mean, the last few years, if... You know they've they've lost so many that if they won in this game it just wouldn't feel right you know, so Gardner Minshew Minshew Mania may be back, Uh, 17 to 29 201 yards and two touchdowns, didn't look good to start but had two really good drives to close out the game, Uh, both of them touchdowns, uh, to put the Jaguars up 20 to 16 and I mean a lot lot to love there but it's going to be a big question does Nick Foles get traded? Uh, is Gardner Minshew the guy of the future that you want to build your team around? And right now, the Jaguars are going through uh, a little bit of you know what I don't even know the word for it, but they're going through a bit of trouble right now because apparently they'd been forcing their players to get off season off season treatments from their facility and finding the players uh, when they hadn't come to the facility for training. An arbitrator ruled that that doesn't make sense that they shouldn't be allowed to do that, and now. The Jaguars may be forced to pay the $500,000 worth of fines that they charged players over the last few years. Uh, one of the players, Dante Fowler, who's now on the Rams, uh, was fined a lot from those games or from from missing those from missing those treatments, uh, and it's not something we've seen normally, and it should be a lot of cause for concern. I mean, is this a place that free agents want to go because of this of this atmosphere? Uh, And in that situation that's enveloping, I mean, we'll obviously know more as we we get more details out there. But this is one of those things that wasn't really scooped by a lot of of, uh, analysts, insiders, until now. I mean, the arbitrator ruled, and then this is the first we've heard of it. So I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't have a ton of information on it. Really, no one has a lot of information on it. So as it develops, obviously, you'll know more and we'll know more, and then we can talk about it a little bit. Next game up, Browns-Cardinals. The Cardinals absolutely destroyed the Browns. Uh, Kyler Murray looked all right, but the star of the show was Kenyon Drake, like I mentioned, the waiver-wire MVP of this week. 22 carries, 137 yards, and four touchdowns. He broke his own personal, I think it was 14-game losing streak that he'd been on because he was on the Dolphins uh, while they were still winless, and then he went on the Cardinals, who did not win a game in the first four games, I believe, that he was on the team. But finally got one. Um, the Browns aren't officially eliminated from the playoffs yet, but they're close. Um, Friday Kitchens, it was rumored that he would be coming back before this Cardinals game. Uh, and now I don't know. I mean, there's, there's genuine cause for concern about the whole atmosphere of the team. I mean, winning solves everything. And when you have this amount of of personality on the team you know you look at baker mayfield you look at odell beckham jr you look at Jarvis landry i mean those are three guys that um, like to express themselves both on and off the field and if you're not winning games i mean it comes across poorly and ultimately it reflects on the head coach um, and so i don't know is he going to come back I feel like there's better candidates out there. I mean, you look at Ron Rivera just got fired. You know what he's capable of as a coach. I mean, the last two years, you don't go on those losing streaks, and he's in the playoffs. I mean, there's just a string of bad luck, essentially, for them. Uh, and and he's, he's obviously coached a team to the Super Bowl. He knows what it takes. Uh, you look at Mike McCarthy, maybe he can get something going. Didn't get a coaching job this year. Or or he go to college. Matt Rule, Baylor head coach, looked really good. Lane Kiffin's developed a really good program in Oklahoma. Uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of places to look, but I feel like Freddie Kitchens. I mean, it was a feel good story. He made Baker look like a really good quarterback last year, and maybe that's where he needs to stay. Is as an offensive coordinator, I mean he he did well in that, but managing egos and putting out a game plan now, Baker Mayfield looks like a bottom bottom half of the league quarterback, which he's not. We know we know what he's capable of. We know you can build a team around him, but the way he's playing now, uh, it it doesn't look good. Vikings Chargers, this one was a blowout. I didn't expect the Vikings to come out and and put it together like they did. I mean, really, the Chargers with all their turnovers gave them the game. I mean, let's look at the turnovers here. Uh they were plus 6 in turnover differential. The Chargers turned the ball over 7 times, the Vikings only once. The biggest loss of the game though had to be Dalvin Cook uh went out with an injury. It uh, looked like he was in a lot of pain. I mean, we'll, you know, wish him a speedy recovery and the Vikings are going to need him as they come into this the playoff push. Uh and big win for them 39 to 10. Another another quarterback controversy here. In, in Los Angeles for the Chargers, Phillip Rivers, I mean, do you go with Tyrod Taylor? Do you draft a guy? Do you stick with Phillip Rivers? I mean, it seems like we're just playing the same loop over and over again in his career. Uh, down down by a touchdown with the ball, four minutes to go, and he turns it over. I mean, this game was a blowout, but there are so many close games this year that could have swung either way. I mean, if two go their way, they're 7-7 seven and seven and right in the thick of, of the playoff hunt at this point. Uh, And so, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of unfortunate games that that they didn't get. I mean, looking at it here, they lost by three to the Broncos. They lost by two to the Chargers, lost by uh, three to the Titans, a touchdown to the Steelers, touchdown to the Broncos, touchdown to the Texans, three points to the Lions. Uh, But the only bad thing is that 29-point loss really screws up their plus-minus differential, but they're still plus nine. So they're a 5-9 and team with a plus uh, plus plus-minus differential. I mean, you don't see a lot of teams like that. Uh, the yeah, so interesting to see what will happen in the offseason. Some changes need to be made uh, because they're they're too talented of a team to be wasting uh, wasting these games. No team under 500, especially four games under 500, should have a plus uh, a positive plus minus differential. It just doesn't make sense. Moving on here. Speaking of blowouts, Cowboys looked really good. Tony Pollard and and Ezekiel Elliott both rushed for over 100 yards. Uh, Tony Pollard averaged 11 a carry. The game started in a bit of controversy with apparently Dak telling the refs that he wanted to kick, not defer, which essentially meant that the Rams would get the ball for both halves. But then, thanks to uh, the audio team, we got a recording about midway through the first quarter where he clearly says, uh, we want to kick, we're going to defer. Uh, and, and so the NFL talked to the officials at halftime and said that the Cowboys should be getting the ball, which makes sense. I mean, if he, if he had said we're going to kick three times, like I can see them saying, all right, you want to kick? You're, you're kicking. Uh, but he clearly said we want to kick, we want to defer. Uh, he knew what he was talking about, and the ref should have known what he was talking about as well. But it didn't matter. I mean, they could have kicked the, the Rams to the ball about three or four more times. Uh, in order to give them a chance to keep it competitive. Great running game uh, by them. Dak did what he needed to do. I mean, if the running game gets going, Dak just has to fill in the cracks there, and I think that's where he's most effective. They should be a run-first team, uh, but they've been playing from behind so much that Dak's been having to throw the ball a lot out of necessity. Um, The Rams, something's wrong with Jared Goff. They were talking about a finger injury of some sort. Uh, threw the ball 50 times, 33 completions, 284 yards, two touchdowns and a pick, but he missed bad. There were a lot of throws where he was just over top of Cooper Cup to the side of Tyler Higbee, uh, something like that. But speaking of Tyler Higbee, uh, I picked him up three weeks ago in one of my fantasy leagues, have not regretted it since. 100 yards in his last each of his last three games um, and is really emerging as Jared Goff's. Number one guy now that Cooper Cup started to fall off. I mean, this game six catches, forty one yards, had a touchdown late, but not ideal for Cooper Cup fantasy owners, and he may very well have lost a lot, of, uh, a lot of teams a, a spot in the final this week with his performance. Uh, then the last of the day games here got the Falcons and the Forty Nine ers. The second bad beat of the day. Uh, first off, Falcons miraculous touchdown with two seconds left, where uh, Julio Jones gets just an inch. On over the line like the ball barely goes over if the 49ers defensive back hits him high that's not a touchdown and he gets stopped at the one uh, which is what everyone initially thought but then on the kickoff the 49ers tried a lateral action tried to you know put together a little miracle Uh, they threw the lateral bad the Falcons recovered scored a touchdown and the over hit on that play so I know I know of, of a guy who bet both Against, So he bet the Eagles minus five, and he bet the over in this game. So he was a happy guy, but it's got to suck for anybody who put both games uh, and and they they win against him. So, yeah, I mean, just looking at it here, the 49ers controlled their destiny. I mean, they they put themselves in a really good spot. Obviously still had to win Week 17, but they were leading the um, NFC playoff race. They had just come off of a, a thriller with the Saints where they beat them. And then they just put up this dud. I don't know what it is. They they always seem to play well against uh, the top tier teams in the NFC, but struggle. I mean, they played the Cardinals close uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, just barely lost to the Ravens. You know, obviously losing to the Seahawks in overtime. They played some really good games, but and I and I feel like this Falcons game has to be an outlier. Like you can't put together. Um, they played. Let's let's look at their schedule here. Over the last. Three weeks, they really went through it playing the Ravens, Saints, and and the uh, Packers. Blew out the Packers, 37 to eight. Lost to the Ravens on a game-winning field goal by Justin Tucker, and then beat the forty or beat the Saints on a game-winning field goal in New Orleans. So really good. I I mean, I still like them. Uh, the Saints are are really surging up as one of the more complete teams. I do think it's going to be the two of them. But that being said, if the Seahawks go out and win uh, on Week 17, I could easily see them making the NFC Championship game. Uh, I, I really do think whoever makes it out of the NFC West has got a real shot to make it to the Super Bowl. I think it'll be the, it'll be 49 winner of the NFC West facing off against the Saints in the NFC Championship game. Uh, and And, I mean, we'll go from there. That's as far as my predictions will go at this point. Um, I mean, in the AFC, it's got to be the Ravens and honestly, whoever the two seed is. I really think whoever, if it's the Chiefs or the Patriots, whoever makes it is the two seed. So I think it's really going to be one and two out of each. I don't see, it just seems like the last few weeks that the talent gap between those teams are so high that it's got to be the one and two seeds out of each. And that's all we'll go for now. I don't want to keep throwing out predictions every week, but... I mean, these top teams have really proven that they're capable of, of winning a lot of games uh, and, and winning them by a lot. Then the final game on Sunday, Bill Steelers. Bill's won 17-10 to strengthen their, their hold on the 5-seed in and the, and the AFC playoff race. And the Steelers looked not good offensively. A lot of room for concern there. I mean, we knew Duck Hodges wasn't the long-term answer, but not the best game for him. Four interceptions. Uh, James Conner only had 42 yards on the ground. Uh, the Bills looked really good. Defense, Both defenses looked really good, actually. Josh, They held Josh Allen to about 50% completion percentage, 140 yards and a touchdown. Singletary had 87 yards, but he fumbled. Um, I mean, the Bills, they need a lot more help weapon-wise. I really do think Josh Allen can be uh, an above-average to elite quarterback in the NFL, given time. Uh, but when he's throwing to guys like John Brown... Tyler Croft uh I mean you got to cut him some slack. There's nobody like yeah, there are teams that are injured at wide receiver and have worse wide receivers, but when they're fully healthy, uh, there's there's no worse receivers receiving core out of all these playoff teams than than the Bills. I mean, it's 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 true. It's just what it's come to at this point. Um and they need to address that. They've done a really good job of building a defense, getting a quarterback of the future, and even getting a running back in Devin Singletary, but if they don't invest on in pass catchers and elite guys like tight ends wide receivers it's not going to be good and we're going to be seeing these early early uh playoff exits you know they'll look good in the regular season but not get it done in the postseason and then finally the game that i was at uh witnessed a little bit of history the saints and the colts just a fun fact before we get into this analysis uh the saints and the colts played last in the superdome in 2011 that was the year that Peyton Manning had neck surgery and we had Curtis Painter starting at quarterback. Uh the Saints blew us out sixty-two to seven in that game. And in this game, our our you know, the last two the the most recent game in the Superdome, they blew us out thirty-four to seven. So the last two games in the Superdome, Colts playing the Saints, they've been outscored ninety six to fourteen, which is absolutely insane to talk about. Um And sometimes in these games, in these blowouts, uh, I mean, honestly, in this entire Colts season, there hasn't been a game that they've lost besides the Raiders. I would say the Raiders game, they deserve to lose, um, like, clear cut. Like, you know, normally there's one or two plays that change the game. There are one or two plays that change the game in all but two of our, our, our games this season, essentially. And that was the Raiders game and the Saints game. Jacoby Brissett was missing receivers. It looked like, defensively, we were playing a mix of zone and man that just allowed receivers to catch the ball anytime they wanted to. Uh, I mean, yeah, Drew Brees made some tight throws. I think they were talking about his tight throw uh, uh, completions. He only had seven tight window completions out of the 30 passes he threw. I mean, normally a quarterback is going to throw a lot more than that, and there's a reason he was 29 of 30 on the game because he only made seven tight throws. Uh, and the rest of the time, it was just green grass for any receiver that wanted. I mean, Taysom Hill got caught a touchdown too. Everybody was open. Anyone, they could have thrown anyone out there, and they would have had about five yards of space to catch the ball. Um, offensively, Jacoby's missing throws. I mean, you look at his stats over these last five weeks. I think there's legitimate reason to to believe that he's injured. The Colts have, have done this in the past. They did it with Adam Vinatieri this year. Didn't tell us about the lingering knee injury that he had. He wanted to play through it, and now he's getting surgery on it. And he was feeling it as early as week one. They didn't say anything. Uh, Jacoby Brissett has not looked the same. I mean, at the before his injury against the the Steelers, he had 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. He was he was a dark horse MVP candidate. I think if he had the yardage, he would have been right up there. But he was third in passing touchdowns. Three interceptions is you know a really good ratio right there. But after the injury I don't think he's thrown over 300 yards once against the Titans um the rest of the time it's been like under 200 let me let me look up his stats here but I I don't know there's I mean I was searching it on Twitter today trying to figure out maybe if if there's you know there's reason or there's proof behind this um, but yeah looking at his stats here, Jacksonville, 148 passing yards, Houston, 129 passing yards, then Tennessee and Tampa Bay. He had 319 and 251, and then 165 against the Saints. Um, his pass rating hasn't gone over 100 since uh, since that game, which 100 is normally like your above average mark, um, which in, in before that he'd hit over the 100 mark four different times as a starting quarterback, and he'd hit over 97 times, only hit over 90 once in the last five games. Um not good. Really not good. Uh, the one guy, I was talking with Hayden about this, maybe we draft a quarterback. I mean, looking at it, we're in the we're in the same boat the Bills are. I think, um, yeah, we've had a lot of injuries this year, but we don't have a lot of offensive playmakers. I mean, Paris Campbell could be a guy, but he's been injured a lot. He's played in like four games this whole year. Devin Funches has been on IR since week one, and T.Y. Hilton's been dealing with injuries, but he's also 31. So plenty of room for concern. Um, And especially because we spent so much time building up our defense that, uh, you know, this is, this is the defense that we're, we're excited about. And we've got a lot of young stars, Darius Leonard, uh, Justin, we brought Justin Houston on. He was supposed to make a difference there. Uh, Malik Hooker, Kari Willis, Bobby Okereke. And now all of a sudden we get torched two weeks in a row uh, by two NFC South offenses that are really good. Don't get me wrong, but, if our defense is all they're cracked up to be, we're not getting blown out like that. Uh, So all around, one of the worst games I've seen them play this season. And unfortunately, it had to be the one that I was at. So uh, Jim Merce, if you're listening to this, Colts owner, um, can I I get a refund? Can I get uh, tickets to another game that you guys can win? Uh, Just because it was was tough. I mean, besides Drew Brees breaking the uh, career passing touchdown record, and breaking the completion percentage uh, record, and breaking most passes, breaking his own record of most passes without an incomplete pass. Uh, the game sucked. I mean, it's just a tough, a tough one to be at for all that, for all that travel time, all that buildup. Uh, considering how close we were potentially to being back in the playoff race, and how close we would have been with a win, uh, it sucks. So that'll do it NFL wise. Let's go ahead and take a peek over here at the NBA. I mean the first initial story we have to talk about is the Mavericks beating the Bucks without Luka. Uh I didn't think that was possible. I mean without Luka, I I figured the team would fall apart and crumble, and they very well they very well still could do that. Uh, I'm not saying it's it's out of the question, but you got 26 26 and 12 from Porzingis, 26 from Steph uh Steph Seth Curry. Wow, I just blanked on his name for a second there looking like Steph, Seth Curry. Um, but just a few, few points here. Dorian Finney Smith had 15, Jalen Brunson at 13, Maxi Kleber had 10. Uh, and even, I mean, looking at the game against the heat who are also a really good team, they played them, they forced overtime and they didn't have Luca for half the game. Uh, so really something, uh, the, the Mavericks may be legit. We're at the point where, where teams are really starting to solidify themselves. Um, In you know in their in their standings and and who's good and who's not, the Mavs have played the Lakers close twice. They took the Heat to overtime without Luka, and they beat the Bucks without Luka. I mean, there's uh, and I'm sure they've got they've got plenty more of those types of games in them. At this point, ten games over five hundred, where the seven seed is two under five hundred. There's you know it looks good. It really does look good for the Mavericks to make the playoffs and. If they can keep playing teams close like this, they can make some some noise. Uh, one of the interesting, really interesting teams' um, surprise of the season is the Thunder. They've gotten a lot of production out of Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Uh, one of the guys that was sent over in that Paul George trade, including what felt like 20 million picks, 20 million first-round picks. But, I mean, he he's making a case for most improved player of the year. Uh, Pascal Siakam. Is also making leaps. And I think he won last year, didn't he? But, I I mean, either way, he's turned into a top five guy. Uh, But Shea Gilgis, 18 points, three assists, five rebounds. Uh, All around, lots of production there. I didn't think they were going to be able to make it work with three-point guards, but Chris Paul's been able to carve out a role. Shea Gilgis has been able to carve out a role. And Dennis Schroeder has two. Chris Paul, 16.2 points, uh, four-and-a-half rebounds, and six assists. And then Danilo Gallinari. Uh, giving 18 points a game with six rebounds. A lot to like there. And the West is a lot more tame than we initially thought it would be. Uh, the Both the Kings and the Oklahoma City Thunder are 12 and 14 and have the seven and eight seed. But obviously Phoenix is close behind 11 and 15, but they've started to tail off. Portland's making a run 11 and 16. Uh, there's a lot of teams with 10 wins. Let's see, let's look at this here. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams at this point separated by two and a half games for those last two spots uh, in the wild card. So it's really anyone's game there, but the the teams up above are really cementing themselves. Uh, the top five, Lakers, Clippers, Mavs, Nuggets, and Rockets. I think those five are pretty solidly in the playoffs, and the Jazz are kind of messing around a little bit. I think they'll, they'll make the push. Um, Obviously some stuff to figure out with Mike Conley uh, in, in working him in the offense and that sort of thing. Uh, Eastern Conference, the heat looked good. I didn't even consider them a, a real threat, but they played the Lakers close a couple games ago. they beat the Mavericks in overtime. I mean they're just they're winning they're winning the games that they should win uh, and they're winning games that they sh- they shouldn't, I guess. well not shouldn't, but games we don't expect them to win. So they're taking care of business where it counts. And right now they're sitting at uh, a, a really good spot in the Eastern conference fourth, the fourth seed right now, 19 and eight, um, right in the middle of the pack there. And they'll probably stay. I can't imagine. I mean, you guys, I'm not going to read the whole playoff standings here, but I can't imagine a lot changing, uh, you know, maybe some seeding will, but this looks to be about what the, the Eastern conference will be at this point in the season, um, just especially when when players return and, and get back, um, the one surprise out of the East though the Hornets they're looking they're right on the outside of the the playoff hunt here at 12 and 17 just a game and a half back. Um, the another guy who's right in line for for most improved player of the year has to be Devontae Graham. Uh, just what he's been able to do he's had a couple of really big games uh, for the Hornets and kept them in a lot. Defensively they're playing extremely well. Um, And, you know, they're making it work with Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier. Uh, Devontae Graham, 19.6 points, 7.5 assists, and 4 rebounds. Uh, And, you know, just had a couple big games. I think he dropped 30. Yeah, he dropped 40 against the Nets a couple games ago in their their win um, in Brooklyn. And they could make the push very easily uh, and make the playoffs, which would be incredible for them. I mean, I I thought they would be by far the worst team in the league at this point. Um, But... Devante Graham's shown out, Terry Rozier starting to develop in somewhat of a leadership role. I mean, obviously, he's more experienced, and he's not stashed on the Celtics bench anymore. So he's got that going for him. Uh, but I think that's just about going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you are enjoying these episodes, feel free to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about us. I mean, that's the best way that this podcast will grow is – through you saying, hey, there's this podcast I think you'll like. Uh, so be sure to tell them that and and spread the word. Also be on the lookout for a new podcast I'm starting in January. It's called the Shallow Dive Podcast, where we take a look uh, at things in and around the sports world. that could be from sports history, uh, topics on sports psychology, uh, stuff like that. Hopefully we're going to get a lot of really cool guests that are experienced in uh, in what we're going to be talking about episodes are just going to be 15 minutes long exactly so right to the point get your information and you can feel like an expert on a topic just having spent 15 minutes so I'm really excited about that one so I hope you guys will give that a listen check that out and we'll be promoting that more as we move into the new year when it'll start so thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next week